Well, I have chosen these three Scripture readings, all from the Old Testament, increasingly sometimes known these days as the First Testament. Three Scriptures that may not be all that familiar to you, in part because they come from, refer to, and give voice to a time in the history of the people of Israel that we don't talk about all that often. But that beginning today, I'm going to have us take a close look at together in this new sermon series that I'm calling Building a Place to Belong. This same time last year, in fact, beginning with last year's Homecoming Sunday, I had us take a season with the book of Jeremiah, which if you remember, brought us way back to the eve of exile. Back to that pivotal juncture in Israel's history when the Babylonian army under King Nebuchadnezzar came and ravaged the land and took all of its treasures, destroyed its holy temple, and deported many of its people back to Babylon, to the other side of the world, to work in their fields and to dig their irrigation ditches, you may recall that Jeremiah's ministry spanned the before and the after of that great tragedy. He was one of the most important prophets to warn the people of its coming and then also to help them pick up the pieces after it had come and gone. And one of the things that we looked at closely together in taking that season with Jeremiah was this tremendous ask of his to shore up those cracked cisterns and use this current tragedy as an opportunity to live more deeply into their faith in God. To let themselves be molded anew into new pottery on that potter's wheel. To purchase that field in Anathoth, worthless at that moment of exile, but that one day would become a home to live in again. Well, this year, for this series, I'm beginning today, I want to have us move forward in time just a little bit. I want to have us begin together a little bit closer toward the end of that Babylonian exile with the, the returning and the rebuilding that actually took place on the ground afterward. I want to open up with you the hopes and dreams of a lost people for a new way of living. I want to look with you at their disappointments with the way things actually turned out. I want to study with you what this Holy Word puts on display for us about the practical, on-the-ground challenges of building something. I want to look at mistakes that were made and opportunities that were lost, as well as some profoundly beautiful and holy moments of gathering and belonging that somehow found a place as well in the midst of all this complexity and mess. We're going to be looking at what is known in Israel's history as the Restoration Period, which is the period of minor prophets that we barely ever read, like Haggai and Zechariah. 
and of books of the Bible like Ezra and Nehemiah, which rarely make their way into the Sunday lectionary. The Babylonian army is about to be defeated by Cyrus the Great. We're now in the time in history when the empire of Persia was the major world power. An empire that very much unlike their predecessors was content to leave most of their subjects alone and allow them to thrive even. They, in fact, were the ones who returned Israel to their homeland, as we heard from Second Chronicles this morning. And I wonder, I wonder if we take a look at the before and the after of the return, much like we looked at the before and the after of the exile last year, what truths, what lessons might be tucked in there for us as a church to carry forward? into this coming year. Today, though, I begin just before all of that. And I want to have you do something for me this morning during worship today. On the back of your bulletin there, if you have them handy, I want you to draw or to, to doodle a picture that speaks to you of what it might look like to belong. What sort of image might symbolize belonging to you? or might speak to some central aspect of what it means to belong. As you can see on the bulletin cover and now up on the screens, I chose this picture of this messy, cluttered assemblage of different coffee cups scattered there on a kitchen counter in front of a a regular coffee maker and what looks like a Keurig machine there in the background. I chose that, first of all, because of what a great metaphor For home, that is. I mean, what home isn't overridden with coffee mugs? Our pantry is full to overflowing with them. I can barely cover, close the cupboard sometimes. And look at them there. Just look at them there with all of their different sizes and their different designs, all arranged haphazardly, facing every different direction kind of reminds you of the people in a home, doesn't it? This home, maybe, can't agree on whether they want a Cuisinart or a Keurig. So they've got them both. They can't agree on whether they want a uniform set of coffee mugs or a bunch of individual-sized coffee mugs. So they've got them all mixed there into one. And yet somehow... Somehow, all these different mugs find their way onto the counter together, ready for this regular morning ritual that unites them around a common life and a common cause. Different, certainly, yet drawn together into a sort of morning liturgy that collects them all into one place. Have you ever experienced a time in your life when you felt disconnected from this? sort of assemblage. When you felt like you didn't belong or had lost your place of belonging. The Scripture reading from Lamentations today takes us back to the exile and expresses in such beautiful yet heart-wrenching words what it felt like for many of the Israelites to be torn away from their place of belonging. To have their community destroyed. 
their identity reduced to being somebody else's captives. To be ripped away from the only place on earth that seemed to be capable of bringing them all together in all their quirky differences onto the counter, as it were. What we read here today at the opening of the book of Lamentations is something like a dirge over this emptied out city of Jerusalem whose former glory days seem now to have long passed, who weeps bitterly, having lost her first and only love, her people. This personified city there feels emotions like loneliness and worry, endangerment, lostness, restlessness, fear, aching, Nostalgia. How lonely sits the city that once was full of people is how Lamentations opens. What it's expressing there in this is this tremendous sense of loss for a place and a community that is now felt deeply for its absence. It gives expression there, I think, to to a more widely shared human need for belonging. Don't we all need a people? Don't we all need a place where we know we belong? The reading from Jeremiah keys in on the same insight, I think, and yet from a very different point of view. Instead of a lament over something that's gone missing, it looks ahead forward in time to a day when a home and a community to belong in will be restored again and all things made new. I will be the God of all the families of Israel again, the Lord says in Jeremiah's mouth, and they shall be my people. Again, I will build you and you shall be built. Again, you shall take tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you'll plant and enjoy the fruit. They'll be gathered from the farthest parts of the earth with weeping. They shall come and with consolation, I will bring them. Jeremiah says, a place to return to. A place to belong. Everybody needs a place to belong. We suffer from a lack of having it. We're more when God brings us together again from the farthest reaches. What a joy it is to be together today. Amen? Worshiping, celebrating, kicking off a new season in our life together. What a joy to have a place to belong. And one that invites us deeper into exploring and understanding that need and that gift of the kind of community that God's love draws us into. What is it that's behind that need, do you think? You know, there's a reason why in prison, solitary confinement is considered one of the most extreme 
and elevated forms of punishment. There's a reason why isolation through the height of those COVID years was correlated with depression and anxiety and generally a rise in poor mental health. We need each other. We need people in our lives and places to belong. We're made and wired with just such a need. And if you think about it, the whole world over today, 8.1 billion people out there all share this same need for belonging, all share this deeply ingrained heart call toward a place and a people all their own. It's one of the things that every one of us on some level have in common just because we're human beings. And here we sit together today because God has called us together today into this place as a church to build and become and invite into just that very sort of community that answers to one of our very deepest needs. Consider with me today how our very life as a church community devoted to living intentionally together into Christ's calling to share our lives with one another might itself offer a deep missional gift to the world around us and fill a hole in people's lives. This community, this church, simply by being a church, offers a place for the disconnected and the isolated to take root again through this ministry of belonging. John Wesley famously said, you've probably heard me say this before, there is no holiness except social holiness, by which he meant that we can only grow spiritually together in community or in societies, as he would have put it. And what if, recognizing that universal need and taking stock again of the way in which our life here ministers to real needs, what if we were to take a fresh look at the importance of our life and of our approach to this belonging part of our ministry and say, hey, this really is a way for us to follow God's lead here into the 21st century with people all around us so hyper-committed to activities that, that crowd out all of the time they have in their lives for deep connection. And ironically, as busy as they are, end up lonely and disconnected. Or for those that, that spend all their days with people, hours after hours, in a service line or as a square head on a Zoom platform, and yet who still feel a lack of something. That their way of being with people isn't quite meeting their need for a community and a place or for just the many, many, many people in our near vicinity that just go about their daily rhythms and can't ever find their place. What God, what God has called us out to do 
here is to be in ministry to just such a people. But church, here's the rub. For this place to be an answer to those needs, for this place to be able to minister to those needs, we have to be aware and intentional about this aspect of our ministry together. We have to be better at community making and community building than the world around us is, just as Christ has called us to be. People have to be able to find their place here among us. Places to gather and to be fed. Places of deep acceptance and love. A place where they can step beyond their workaday persona to reveal what is real and true about themselves. We have to do better than a business meeting. Better than a rotary meeting. Better than passing quick encounters on Sunday mornings if we're going to realize more fully that our very life together here is a ministry of belonging. We're going to have to show up with one another to just, to just meet and to just have fellowship with one another. To get to know one another better, deeper, and to be intentional about inviting the world around us into spaces that deeply nourish our deepest needs. We're going to have to do some skill building and some deep diving together around things that frankly make community difficult. We're going to have to learn how to resolve conflict, have hard conversations, receive and offer the truth in love with one another, because to foster and to grow a ministry of belonging, we have to be better at community. We all need PhDs in what it takes to be Christian community. Christ will be our supervising professor in that effort. And so as we begin this new chapter in our lives together today with this homecoming Sunday, let us enter into a season of building afresh a place to belong. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.